Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters and that with God, even the broken parts of your story can have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. I am so thrilled to welcome to the show today my girl, my friend, Miss Allison Bailey. This girl has been traveling the country by bubble as Glinda in the Broadway national tour of Wicked. Yes, this is our second Glinda to have on the show in season one, and I know you are going to be so blessed and just immensely encouraged by her story. So Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited you're here. Okay, Glinda number two. This is pretty awesome. <laughs> Glinda number two. How many, how many Glindas can I get on the podcast? Oh gosh, I hope there's quite a few. <laughs> Y'all will have to connect me to all the all the Glindas. We will. There's have... a whole good bunch. <sighs> Magic fairy dust coming out of um, our seams. Um, what's up? How How is everything going? Oh, everything is good. I am currently under a blanket in my parents' office. It's just a crazy time, isn't it? No, it's it's actually, it's really, it's sad, and then it's also a blessing. I haven't spent this much time with my family in 10 years. Um, I just haven't been home since college this long. Um, so it's sad. I miss work terribly, but I do love spending this time with my family if I have to be somewhere. For sure, for sure. I was just thinking back to the first time we met, well, met in person. I want to tell the people on this podcast that do not underestimate the friendships that will come out of social media. If you if you just let God use it, he will just divinely connect you to just some of the most beautiful human beings. Um, and you're one of them, Allison. I, I cannot pinpoint the time and day that... Um, that we first connected, but I just remember seeing, um, just seeing you online and just being like, I want to be friends with that girl. And who knew that uh, a couple years later, we would connect in Tulsa, Oklahoma, out of all places. Um, you were on tour with Wicked. Wicked. With the Wicked. The Wicked. Um, yeah. And what year was that on the tour? I'm pretty sure that was 2018. Oh my gosh. Yeah, girl, it's been two years. Oh my gosh. I know. I can't believe it. It's absolutely crazy. And I think it was around this time that year too, in September. We're going on two years of friendship. Yeah. I remember her like, it, I guess we could call it like a, a blind date, a blind friendship yeah, date. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> because we met up and went to, I don't even remember the name of that restaurant, but it was so good. It was, it was so fun before your show that night. Yes. It was breakfast and at night. And that makes me so happy. It was breakfast at night. That just defines our relationship, honestly. I think so, too. Brunch yeah. at any time of the day is okay with me. Oh, it was so fun. And then I got to see you shine in your ensemble track. Before That was before you had taken over the role of Glenda. And you were just so beautiful and wonderful. And you took me backstage. At that time, you were understudying Glenda, yeah? Yes. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. understudying. 
So I played Fanny, Glinda's friend at the time. And you showed me the bubble. The bubble. I had seen the bubble, which is so, so fun. And that night I had seen um, Jenna Claire for the first time as as Glinda, which which was so fun. She's a star. She truly is a star. So Allison, you and your family love to go on road trips and you've been traveling around. Tell us about your travels recently we do we have been doing a road trip this is like our second annual road trip last year we went to arizona and we did the utah five all the national parks there we did banff canada and glacier national park in montana and then this year we decided to go to like yellowstone and south dakota um and then we went to um Grand Tetons, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It was so much fun. It was just so nice. This is the perfect time to social distance and be outdoors. Um, So it was gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous out there. Wow. Don't you just like look at creation like that and just think, what what a creative God. I know. I know. Just being out with God's nature, it's just unbelievable. Truly. It really is. It really is humbling and it puts everything in perspective. Yeah, he's he's so big and... It leads me to the question, Allison, when you think about God, I love asking people this question. When we think about God, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Oh, gosh, I I think of so loving, so omnipotent. He knows everything. He's there before us. And I think that is just so mind blowing to me is that he knows exactly what's going to happen. I'm a planner. I love to plan my life and try to figure out what's happening next. And it's just so humbling to know that God already knows. He knows absolutely everything that's going to happen, not only in the next week, but in the next year. Um, And his timing is just so much better than mine. Um, So when I think of God, I just think of just his omnipotence and it's all knowing. um, And that really puts a lot into perspective. Wow. Yeah. That is so good. Speaking of timing, it reminds me of um, a time last fall when I was kind of in that between between time of um, graduating from college and trying to figure out New York City for the first time and not really knowing what I was doing. And I was babysitting and nannying and um, just felt like I was in this season of obscurity and but yet was like so joyful and loving my time in New York. It just it's nice to hear from someone older than you that has been there in that moment and can say, God's timing is perfect, like you just said, and he's going to open the right door at the right time. And I remember calling you as I was walking down the street in New York City late one night. I can almost like visually see it. And I was just like, Allison, like, this is what's up. Like, I've been babysitting and blah, blah, blah. And you just shared with me your story of, um, of that time. And I think it would be really encouraging for the person listening that um might kind of be in a time of obscurity to hear that like even you were there and experienced that and um saw god's faithfulness so would you just share some of that with with us Absolutely. I mean, my first year, so I lived in New York a year before I booked Wicked. And that was, I'm not going to lie, that was a hard year in my life. Um, Because I worked 60 hours a week. I worked at a hostess at a restaurant called Delmonico's in the financial district. And then I worked at a place called Flywheel. Um, For a while, I sold macaroons at a place called Whips Cookies. I know I I would have bought a macaroon from you. Yes, it was so not a glamorous life, though. I mean, I was working nonstop. Um, 
And I would, you know, I'd wake up at 3 a.m. At the time, I was only EMC, so I wasn't equity. I, you know, I'd sign up on the list, the um, EMC list, to just get an audition. Sometimes it would be in the snow and the freezing cold because, you know, there's a certain time that the buildings would open. And then I'd be at the auditions as, like, as much as I could. If there was one at 10, if there was one at 2, and then I'd have to go to work and make sure I was there by 4. Um, and then, you know, I wouldn't get home until about, like, midnight. And then we'd start the day over again. And it just felt like I was on a constant hamster wheel. Um, I was exhausted. I feel like everybody is in New York. So I can't say I was any different than anybody else, but I was tired and I felt run dry. Um, You know, your social life is hard then. Um, And I felt stuck. I just felt like I was making so much progress with like auditions and progress, um, not progress, callbacks. I was making like, you know, progress with callbacks and things like that. But I just wasn't booking the job and it was so frustrating. Um, And so there just happened to be that one day that was my third audition for Wicked. Um, And I got that email from my agent that was like, you know, can you come back in again for the understudy for Glinda? Um, And I was so excited, but I didn't get my hopes up because, you know, it was my third time and I had been going on auditions and just had my heart broken so many times. And um, it was just the best moment to find out Mm. that my life was going to change. And and even in all of that like hustle and craziness in New York City, how did just knowing that God had a plan for you and that um, you were rooted in Him, how did that maybe change things for um, what you had to come back to at the end of each day? Yeah, I mean, it did. It was so humbling to know that, you know, God was in control the entire time. And I vividly remember leaving Flywheel at who knows what time at night um and I was walking home in the financial district and I remember looking up the sky and just just crying because I I feel like if you've not cried at least once in NYC you're doing it wrong (laughs) and so I remember crying and I just I you know I just couldn't understand why the day hadn't gone my way I had been so close for an audition for booking something I wanted so badly I just was hoping for just a break and I didn't get it and I was so frustrated but it's just so good to know that God was in control that entire time. He knew what he was doing. And I could go to bed at night and just know that you wake up the next day and pray, maybe tomorrow's your day. Um, and just know that God does have that plan. Yeah. And he's still good. And so loving to to close those doors because he had the right door. Waiting absolutely. For you. Absolutely. Okay. So five years later, um, you are on Wicked that entire time basically yes I understudied Glinda for three years eight months I left last summer um and I was only gone for about six weeks before I got the call that I was gonna head back on the road um so it's been five years I absolutely can't believe it but it's been a gift it's such a blessing to be able to be employed for five years and also with my dream show I sang popular for my college showcase like this is my dream. This is exactly what I wanted to do. Wow. Okay, so not everybody can say that they've been on a national tour for five years long. While you were on tour, you, um, I loved watching just how you used your platform and um, your time l- leading the show in this in this past year to give back to childhood cancer. Um through your um, fundraiser, Stay Golden. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think it's just so beautiful. 
It warms my heart. It really does. So a couple of years ago, my brother just graduated pharmacy school. But right when he was starting pharmacy school, he had been volunteering at our local hospital. And he became good friends with some families that had their children who were actually admitted in the hospital um, and were undergoing treatment for cancer. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, with his interest in being a pharmacist, he wanted to know about like what, you know, medications they were able to take and what progression had been, you know, taken in the, me- the medical yeah, field yeah. and um there really hasn't been you know there's just not a lot of funds going to childhood cancer research and that really touched his heart and then it also touched mine and so it was really important to raise awareness um for childhood cancer research and their color is gold so that's why it's called stay golden and that's just been the goal. And actually, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So this is wow. perfect that we're talking about it now. So it just is really, um, it's really important to me in my heart. And I love children. And I just want to be able to help them for the future generations. Yeah, so you sold hats. I did. I sold oh. hats. And all the proceeds, every single cent of proceeds went to Rally Foundation, which um I believe it's like 90, 95% of all of their funds go to cancer research itself. Um, So, you know, it's a wonderful cause and all of the proceeds are going directly to the kids, which I think is so great. Mm, That's beautiful. Okay, so when you started bringing awareness to such an important, yeah, such an important issue, did did you know that, I I mean, you didn't know that that would be part of your story, Oh my gosh, no. Which is wild no, to me. I did not. I did not know that um, wow. cancer was going to affect me um, so greatly in the next couple of months. That's kind of something that I would have never foreseen. But it was, I guess, um, it was a good tie-in for me to be able to put everything in perspective there. Yeah, yeah. Will you share with us more about, um, yeah, your story of just like, it's, it's wild to me because I think back and remember just you calling me and telling me about um yeah your cancer diagnosis and just the timing of everything that happened is just such a god story and yeah i'd I'd love to um yeah i'd love to share that with the listeners yes i mean god has had his hand completely on i mean seriously like truly has had his hand on every single second of this journey so back in january i went to a routine doctor's appointment And because I'm only home for like two days at a time between cities, I just saw like a nurse practitioner that I've never seen before. I was like, just give me an appointment with anybody. I just need to, you know, put the check in the box and know that I have, you know, had my routine for the year. And um, she was just like doing her normal thing. And she was like, oh, you have a thyroid nodule. And I thought she was crazy because I didn't really know much about my thyroid, but I knew where it was. And I was like, okay, that's near my throat. I touch my throat all the time. Like I sing, you know, I'm good. And she's like, no, I'm going to send you like a report to get your blood work drawn. And I was like, okay. So I went to the car. My mom was in the car waiting for me and because we do everything together. And I told her about it and she was like, um, okay, well, we need to do that soon. And, you know, if you do get you know, a totally normal blood report, it doesn't mean that necessarily like everything's okay. Like you can have thyroid cancer and your blood report be totally fine. So I was like, okay, that's really, that's not really comforting, but thanks mom. Um, So of course the report came back fine, but she was like, you need to go get an ultrasound. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to South Carolina at that time. I was going to Columbia. Um, I got an ultrasound on my thyroid 
At the time, the radiologist there was like, just check back in six months, you're fine. Well, we have a friend that's a radiologist at home, and he was like, um, I probably would get a second opinion. Just if it was my child, I wouldn't let it go. So, you know, at this time, I'm not really freaking out too much just because now that everything has happened, I do know a lot of people that have thyroid cancer, but it's not that common. Like It really isn't. Like if you have a nodule, I think like 80, 85% come back totally benign. So to have a nodule is not that scary. So then I, you know, I, I played the rest of Columbia, which was three weeks. And then I, my next city was Baltimore. And my mom was like, well, Johns Hopkins is there. They obviously have wonderful care. They're world renowned. Go ahead and see a doctor there. Get an ultrasound. World renowned. They are. They really are. I mean, I grew up hearing about Johns Hopkins, but right. obviously I never thought I'd ever visit um, or have the need to. Um, so I got an ultrasound there. And my doctor was so great, Dr. Russell. And he was like, I, I, we do need to do a biopsy. I just don't want to let it go. I think you're fine, but let's not let it go. So having a biopsy, it's not that big of a deal, but it's pretty invasive just because it's your thyroid's near your vocal cords. So if you swell, you're going to have swelling. And we had so much of our creative team coming at the time. You know, our resident director was coming, our music supervisor. So I was really nervous. So I was like, okay, can we just make this biopsy thing happen at the end of our stay? And he was like, no problem. (laughs) Can we just wait, please? Um, And so we did. Um, And so I didn't have my biopsy until the weekend before we were leaving. And um, he actually came to see the show that Saturday. My voice was totally fine. I just chugged Tylenol that entire weekend um, because I could feel it when I swallowed, but it didn't affect my voice. So I, I thought that was a blessing to begin with. And I thought that was the end of my journey with my thyroid. I thought the biopsy was gonna be the scariest part. Yeah. And then it wasn't. <laughs> um, so he, my doctor came to see the show. Everything was good. He said, I will talk to you next week and just let you know how the report goes. You're good to go. So I went home for my two days between Baltimore. I flew back to our next city, which was Madison, Wisconsin. And then I got a text from my doctor um, right around the time we were having our company meeting. And he was like, when can I talk to you about your um your biopsy so immediately I text my mom and she's like that's not good your doctor should not be texting you asking when he can talk like if it was fine you wouldn't get a text um and so he called me right before our sound check and told me I had cancer um and I'm not gonna lie like um that was not a fun conversation to have um it was hard Uh, I didn't do sound check um just because I had to know what was going on um I just didn't have a lot of time to really talk to my doctor. So I tried to three-way my mom in for that conversation um, and try to figure out what to do. You know, like, what are the chances of it affecting my voice? Um, What is it there a chance of it spreading to my lymph nodes? You know, there were just so many questions. Um, Mm. So I did, we had three shows. So we had a show that night on Wednesday. We had two shows that Thursday. And then... Corona shut us down on Friday. Oh my gosh. So the timing of it was insane. Absolutely insane. And so what ended up happening is that that whole time I couldn't figure out when I was going to be able to have surgery. 
And um, so I just was trying to figure out, you know, his schedule, my doctor's schedule, and then when I could, you know, leave work and take a leave of absence. And then Corona happened, and he said that he had one appointment available the next Friday for surgery. So I had flown up to Baltimore that next Monday, um, got an ultrasound to make sure my lymph nodes were clear of cancer. They were. And then came home, and then by the next Thursday, I was up there and had my surgery. Um, wow. Just the timing was insane because I was the very last surgery before um, COVID shut down that kind of surgery for thyroid. Like, literally the very last surgery, he said. And you didn't miss it, a show? You didn't miss a thing? No. I, I And I truly thought, I mean, I was trying to accept, like, you know, how long am I going to be out of work? And, you know, will I be able to sing? And how is this going to affect, you know, so many aspects of not only just work, but my career and my future. Um, but I... I've not missed a day of work. Honestly, the Lord knew what he was doing um, with his timing. So it's just been a a good time to be able to recover at home um, and not have to worry necessarily about, you know, healing under a certain time restraint. But we're healed. We're good. We're all good right now. Oh, my gosh. It's just it's wild to me. I mean, it's just so the goodness of God that all that happened the way it did. Allison, what? What do you feel like you learned from God or about God in in that experience? Oh gosh. Um so I remember being in my dressing room um and I know that my sweet friend she does my hair, she's my um wig dresser and she follows me basically the whole show Andrea and I was just she's putting on my hair and I'm just sobbing. I'm just staring in the mir- the mirror sobbing just because I just yeah. didn't know what I didn't know what to do. Um And I just didn't know what that was going to mean for my future. And to look back now and think of the girl that was looking in the mirror and where we are now, God has just had so much, so much control. You know, God knew exactly what he was doing. He knew the timing. And basically he was saying to me, I'll take care of this. Um, And it's hard to trust in that moment. It really is. Um, But, you know, I think the verse that always helped me was Jeremiah Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, um, for I know the plans um, that I have for you says the Lord, um, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future, and that really just was such a comfort to me knowing that no matter what happens, God's in control and He has a plan for my life and He's going to turn it out for good. Yeah, that's a word. That's a word. That's a word, Allison. You inspire me so much. Oh my I goodness, just, you inspire me. Oh, I'm just thinking about to. The person on the other side of this podcast that might have had a recent cancer diagnosis or any kind of any kind of heartbreaking news that just leaves you in a place of I just can't imagine the fear that probably rushed over you in that moment of having that conversation with your doctor and and then having to go and perform. I mean, to put your heart in your soul and your focus. Um, it's just not a conversation you want to have with somebody at 28. And you know, I know people are it, honestly like thyroid cancer, I think is really prominent in um, people in their 20s and early 30s. That's just oh. a time at which I had no idea. I'm honestly like I learned so much during this time. I just was so unaware. And it's just not a conversation you want to have to say, you know, you have cancer and how is that going to affect you? Um, so I, I feel for anybody that's ever had any kind of diagnosis with cancer 
or any kind of health scare because it's just it's terror it's scary it's really scary well and to think that you had just stepped into this dream role taken over the role of glinda and the tour and it's like that had just been kind of released in a way and you're like wow like this is so exciting and then you get that and you get that news and you probably wanted to in that moment ask god like what like why like what's what's happening but to see it on this side like you see his goodness and his love for you because of how specifically that all was executed in order for you for it to work out for your good exactly and you know I always like I think it was Sadie Robinson that gave me the inspiration. I love her. I love her too. And she she picks a word every year to basically, you know, guide her through the year and kind of check in with herself. And so I decided this year to choose grace. That was just my year of just going with, you know, give grace, have grace, be more patient with yourself um, and just kind of live and let live. And I really, to be honest with you, that completely changed for me in March when I realized, no, it's God's grace that you're reliant on completely um it's god's goodness and grace that gets us through every day and he really shows grace you know even we we don't even expect it like i i didn't expect my hair to be so needed of grace and that's exactly what god gave me i love what you said about like giving grace and receiving grace like it's it is such a, a word but then when you shift to no god's grace like receiving the grace that he can only give to you and and then giving that to other people because he's empowering you to be able to do that it's that's that's so powerful thank you thank you for sharing that with us allison no of course i feel like there are details that i didn't even know and it's just it's just so he just loves us so much and he loves you and it's for for someone that is my friend it's just it makes me love god more to see him just take care of all of us so individually no and i remember calling you too when i was in wisconsin and i was like who is a friend that will pray with me because honestly like you know it's, it's one thing to pray but i also remember growing up hearing the verse that you know if two people um pray with my name you know basically like it's prayer is powerful with more than one person and i at that time, and honestly, I should be living my life where I just need prayer each and every day. It doesn't matter what's going on. But at that time, I was at, honestly, I was at wit's end and I was like, who else can pray with me at this moment in time? Um, and so I was so thankful that you stopped and you prayed with me. It really gave me a lot of peace. So you were on the tour, backing up a little bit, for five years. I have to ask, like, there's just so much togetherness in any kind of company, but like a national tour is just unique with, with five years of turning over friendships and just like people kind of coming and turning over. I mean, like people kind of coming and going with the show, like what, what was that like relationally and, and spiritually um, just, just having to kind of be a nomad in every sense of life. It's so interesting and it's odd because I realized looking back, I'm like, oh, not everybody changes cities like once a month or every two weeks. You know, people actually live in like a city and they have a home. So that was, you know, my early 20s and mid 20s. That was my life. Um, yes, it's honestly, I feel pretty blessed that I can say that I've had such a changeover of so many friends in my life. I have a lot of lifers. That's what I called them. <laughs> Lifelong friends. Um, so, you know, you have different friends that'll stay for like nine months to a year. 
year, sometimes a year and a half, and you get to know them, and they're your brunch buddies. And then some of them I had as my church buddies that would go to church with me. I knew that, you know, if I was in a new city and I wanted to go to a church before a two-show Sunday, I had somebody to go with me. I will say, side note, when I came to Tulsa, Allison and I had a sleepover together. We did. Um, we we did. And we went to church in Tulsa. And I will never forget it because it was kind of in the beginnings of the church, Transformation Church, Michael Todd's church in Tulsa. And um, several of your friends from the Wicked Tour came. And it was so, Allison, it was so encouraging to me to see like from a, a college student pursuing musical theater from the outside looking in just to see you connecting with other castmates in your show that loved God and wa- also wanted to go to church on Sunday together and how you and my dresser oh my gosh my your dresser local dresser it was her church and she was like I'll pick you guys up she picked she picked us up at the hotel and we all just piled in and went to church together in Tulsa Oklahoma it was uh, I love that church and yeah that was just a special day because like I said just seeing just seeing y'all connect and to be like Yes, like there is Christian community in all spaces and places and we can pile in a a stranger's car who is our dresser and all go to church together and worship the Lord together and and it's just a beautiful thing. Yes, and honestly, like that transitions to, you know, there were seasons where I didn't have um, somebody that would go to church with me. So that was important in my faith walk to make that decision and be like, okay, am I gonna get up early? Am I gonna take an Uber or am I gonna like, drive to church it just depended if we had a car for that city and so you know I had to make those decisions or I would podcast or um listen to my home church and um you know it had to become a deliberate decision to get into the word so yes I I think there were so many lessons that I learned being on the road you know whether or not you have friends that are going to go to church with you or you don't um you got to worship the Lord (laughs) um and that was important for me to learn that yeah I imagine it would just it would be really easy. I mean, we're feeling this in pandemic um, of just like waking up on Sunday. It's so comfortable to just get in our PJs and get on the couch and just, I mean, that's really all we can do because we can't really gather um, too well right now. It's slowly happening, but um, to just like be accountability for yourself to say like, okay, on Sunday I have to go um, because corporate worship is powerful and being around other believers and getting in the word of God. And wow, I, it just makes me want to go to, corporate worship right now but yes girl (laughs) okay so allison you actually okay i saw you as glinda when you came through little rock yes little rock arkansas where i'm from this past was it not this past january it was january yes oh my gosh this year has been just so long okay yes that was in january and Oh my gosh, you were just the most beautiful, perfect Glinda. You're so sweet. Oh, you're so, so sweet. And your mama cooked food for me, and it made me the happiest girl in all of Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh my gosh, she was so, so excited to, Can I just say, to love on you. She was like, oh my gosh, I get to... I get to host and, and make food for Glinda. This no, is just I need everybody exciting. to know that Laura Lee Turner's mama, she did not just bring me dinner. She brought me dinner with like to-go containers, an entire chocolate bunt cake to share with the cast. Oh, she man. made sure I had uh, napkins, utensils, cookies, banana bread. I mean, she was above and beyond. That is Southern hospitality at its finest. Jenny, that woman. I'm telling you, Jenny. Wow. But I remember having this idea of this podcast at that time 
But it wasn't really the timing, and that was before I had knew even knew I was going to be in. Can you believe that? Girls abroad. Yeah, like what? That's so wild that all that has happened in this amount of time. But I remember being like, okay, Allison, I think. I think I want to like sit down and talk to you and hear your story and like maybe maybe do like some kind of podcast thing, but maybe we should videotape it. And, and oh, we did. And oh, oh we did. We did. <laughs> and so there we were. And maybe we'll surface it for the people that are listening just for their enjoyment. I think I might should do a mashup little snippet of the video that we took because you guys, we took a video. So I met Allison one day at the theater and I went to her dressing room and she let me try on the Glinda crown. It was so fun. Um, and then we sat down and talked about probably, I mean, a lot of these things had not even happened. So we didn't talk about a lot of these things, but we did talk about tour and just how much we love the Lord and, um, how we've seen him move in our lives. Yes. And we thought we were on to something. I thought it was just the coolest thing. (laughs) We really did. Okay, I can't wait to bring those videos out. But I do remember you telling me about, um, I think I asked you about like, is there anything you'd like to do before performing um, to just like connect with God and to talk to him or is there any scripture you you like to recite before you go on stage and um you kind of told me a few different things I can't really remember but can I ask you that again yes I do I so every night no matter what is happening I do a thing called a bubble up every Glinda does it's when they take the bubble down they clip you in (laughs) and they send you off 34 feet in the air and that's where you wait for the show to start it's magical. It's also quiet up there. Um, and so sometimes there's a crew guy that I can see him way in the wings and he'll wave at me if he's at my height. But besides yeah. that, I'm by myself. Um, and so it's a perfect time for me just to just really center myself and say a prayer. Um, I always say a prayer at that moment, sometimes longer than others, um, just to, you know, guide me through the show and give grace. <laughs> and, um, it's just a good check-in because no matter what's happening during the day, um, it's just a good time to just take that moment and just check in with God for two seconds and um, know that he's with me the entire next two and a half hours. He is. Wow. A little bubble up with Jesus. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It really is. I love that, Lorley. Okay, Allison. So at the end of every episode, I ask my guests two fun questions. Are you ready? Okay, I'm so ready. Okay, so what musical have you been loving recently? Jenna Claire said that she's like been into musicals because she hasn't been in musical land. And so I'm kind of curious. Are you? Yeah, you know, I really haven't taken too much time to go back to musical theater. I've been listening to a lot of country music. (laughs) I am back home and, um, you know, I haven't had like a lot of time to just like ride in a car versus now I do. I take my family's car and I go to many trips to Target. (laughs) And during those trips to Target, I do. I listen to a lot of country music. Oh, musical wise. Gosh. That's okay. How about you just tell us your favorite like point us to a country song or a country music artist that you want the 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 listener to listen to because I will link it in the show notes for them. 
to go enjoy a moment of country music. Yes, Carly Pierce. I just love her. She came out with a new album, I believe, in February. I think she's just fantastic. She loves Jesus, and I love her music. Okay, and then how have you been staying creative in quarantine, or have you? Question mark. You know what? I have. Um, I Especially when we were first during the quarantine of like April and May after surgery I wanted to make sure my voice was okay and it is it's totally fine um but I took a voice lesson once a week with my voice teacher and we would Skype and um you know so that kept me singing at least once a week um I try to work out um the most fun that I do have working out or staying active is with my mama we walk every morning I'm on Bailey's schedule (laughs) so we wake up every morning at about 6 30 because it's so hot down in Florida so we walk on a walking track um that's around our house and we get up at 6 30 and we walk about like three miles a day and that's kept me going at least staying sane and active (laughs) that's awesome wow well Allison how can how can everybody listening follow along with you you can follow along to my Instagram and it's just Allison Bailey or my website which is Allison-Bailey.com I try to update and post pictures and just um my fun adventures along the way I cannot wait to continue to keep up with you, but I'm also um, excited for the listeners to follow your journey. I love you, friend. I love you dearly. Thank you so much for having me. You're such a light, truly. You are too, and just thankful. I'm thankful for you. So thanks for sharing your story. Thanks, Laura Lee. I just love that girl, and I am so encouraged by Allison's story and how she has found peace through trusting in our good God. How comforting that in the middle of a cancer diagnosis, she could turn to the Lord and receive strength and be filled with hope and peace, knowing that He had plans for her, that she could cling to His bigger plan and rely on Him for endurance and patience as she walked through the heaviness and the uncertainties of what that might mean for her life. Praise God for her healing and for how He sustained her through the uncertainties of it all. This is our God, seeing each of us individually and running to our rescue, supplying our every need when circumstances are less than ideal. He sustains, He provides, and through it all, He continues to bring us closer to Himself. So this is the part of the show where I walk through a passage of Scripture with you. I love the Word of God. I believe the Word of God is powerful. And so every episode, I bring you some truth straight from Scripture at the end of the show. And today, we're going to dive in to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 11 through 13. If you have a Bible nearby, open it up, look at the pages and read them. If you don't, maybe you have the Bible app. If so, open the Bible app and read along with me. Jeremiah 29 Verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then it goes on to say in verses 12 through 13, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What a verse. It's one many of us are very familiar with, or at least have seen it posted on Instagram or Pinterest, 
or on a graphic t-shirt in a pretty hand-lettered font. But what does this mean? How do we wrap our minds around a God who loves us so much that He has only good in store for us? When we uproot this verse from its context, it's comforting. But when we look at what is happening in the lives of the exiles Jeremiah is writing to, it is a powerful word of encouragement. Jeremiah chapter 29 is a letter sent from the prophet Jeremiah to the people of Judah who have been exiled from Jerusalem to the city of Babylon in the year 597 BC. They had been living in direct disobedience to God and His commands to them. They were choosing to break their covenant with the Lord by worshiping other gods, letting social injustice run rampant in the city, believing false teaching, bowing down to idols, and even going to the extent of sacrificing children. Things were out of control. And it leads you to think, where was God? These were his people, and how could they make such a mess out of their lives in his holy city, Jerusalem? What happened is that they had completely lost sight of the one true God, and little by little, one act of disobedience at a time, they had spun out of control. Their loving God had given them commands for their thriving, to keep them safe and for their protection, and they chose to ignore Him. They brought destruction on themselves, and Jerusalem suffered ruin as they chose to act as if God's guiding decrees just didn't matter. And God allowed them to fall to the hand of the Babylonians. Jeremiah pours his heart out to God in this book about the reality of what has happened to his people and how they had turned away from the one true God. So here the people of Israel were, in exile. Their circumstances were less than ideal. They were uprooted by force and taken away from their homeland. They had broken their covenant with God, and it resulted in captivity. But this is not the end of the story. They had turned their hearts away from God, but God had not turned away from them. He had a plan to rescue His people, and He was going to keep His promise of redemption and salvation. I said a bit ago that the people of Judah had broken their covenant with the Lord. And that's true, they had. They couldn't keep their promises. They couldn't obey His laws. And their natural sin nature was no different than ours, to go their own way. And we see how well that worked out for them. It led to destruction and ultimately initiating their own exile. God can't say he didn't warn them because he did, but they chose otherwise and it had consequences. So here's the part where the story gets good. This declaration delivered by the prophet Jeremiah from the mouth of their good and loving God saying, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. It is a strong and mighty message from a gracious and loving God to a rebellious people enduring serious hardship, that He had a good plan for them, and He had not forgotten them. They could trust that, though their circumstances seemed hopeless, God was faithful, and if He said that they had a hope and a future, they could trust in the sovereignty of God and His Word to them. That future plan was bigger than they could even imagine and would include a completely new covenant that would be fulfilled by the Messiah, Jesus Christ. He would come down to earth, live a perfect life, and die a perfect death on the cross so that we could be brought into right relationship with the Father and so that we wouldn't have to get it all right in order to be set free from exile and slavery 
Our souls are set free because of Jesus getting it right for us. And so the choice we get to make is to give our hearts to God. The Lord spoke to them about the days we are living in now when he said in Jeremiah chapter 31, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because all will know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. His covenant of love is for everyone. It is never ending. It cannot be broken by our sin. It is never cut off because of our disobedience. And there is a future hope that gives us endurance and patience as we wait in the wings to rise up with Him. And that's why this verse, this wildly popular verse, is not only comforting, but it is powerful and life-changing. Because as Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This world isn't home, you guys. And one day, those who are in Christ will see Jesus face to face. We will be made new with resurrected bodies, dancing and singing in worship to Jesus, free of pain and brokenness and relational dysfunction, and financial distress and depression and anxiety, whatever it is in your life today that is just a big fat burden, whatever it is that's leaving you feeling hopeless and discouraged and wondering if this is it, if this is all that life is going to be, if your life even has purpose. It does, because God says it does. Know that God, the creator of the universe, He says, for I know the plans I have for you. They are to prosper you and not to harm you. And they are a hope in a future. That's what we get to cling to. So no matter the broken relationships, the missed expectations or cancer diagnosis or anything that the world throws at us, we cling to the promises of God and they strengthen us with a power from the Holy Spirit to endure with Him. It's true that in this world there is divisive conflict and destructive media and political turmoil and pandemic viruses. We all feel it. But this is not the end of the story. And the Lord calls us to more. He says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. He was telling the people of Judah that he was still in charge, and he called them to repent and to turn from their ways, to get their eyes back on him, and to seek him with their heart. Something God keeps teaching me is that more than anything else, he is after our hearts. He loves us a lot and is jealous for our love. 
His heart is to seek and save the lost, to bring us back into the sheep pen when we wander, and to welcome the prodigal son back home after running away. We've all been there. He also has an immense amount of good in store for us, not just in the hope of eternity to come, but also in this life, experiencing the peace and joy and goodness that comes from relationship with Jesus, no matter what's happening around us. Walking with Him and depending on Him instead of all the things in the world that distract and discourage us, He says, call on my name and I will listen to you. Listener, when you talk to Him, He is listening to you. He is forgiving and full of more grace than we can even comprehend. He's not after behavior modification and rule-following robots. He wants our hearts turned toward Him completely and fully, in love with Him and therefore in love with His Word. He has a future for you and it's a good one. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the listener on the other side of this podcast. I pray that today they experience the peace and the comfort that only trusting in you can provide. I ask that they will call on you and ask for your help and receive it. Father, thank you for listening to us, for wanting us, and for loving us. God, we confess that we give our hearts to so many other things, and we repent for seeking those things instead of you. Lord, thank you for creating us for a relationship with you and for creating our hearts to desire to know you. Equip us and send us out into the world, God, as a light. Father, use us. We give you permission. Father, thank you for the medium of a podcast to be able to connect with people and to be able to talk about you. We love you in Jesus's mighty name. Amen. Well, friend, thanks for listening to the show. You could be spending your time doing anything and you chose to take an hour and listen to this podcast today. And I want you to know that I don't take that for granted. I pour my time and prayer and energy into creating this because I desire for you to be encouraged, to believe for yourself that God has given you good gifts and a calling to create and a purpose to shine his light in this world. If this has encouraged you today, I want to nudge you to pass the podcast on. Think about a friend who may need a little lift or some truth today and send them a link to the show. Word of mouth is powerful and we need each other. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast where you listen. And if you're loving it, leave a five-star rating and a review. Did you know I send out a weekly newsletter? There's a link in the show description where you can sign up to get an email from me each week with some show notes, the scripture from the show, and updates, as always, from me, Laura Lee. I love hearing from you. If you have any questions about something we talked about on the show, or maybe you just need a friend to talk to, feel free to reach out to me at podcast at I want to give a big thanks to my friends Mike Stapleton and Helen Kemeny for the original music heard on the show. And thanks to Colleen Bruton for editing the show. Go in love and light, friend, and I will see you next week.